Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. Brought to you by Pink Box Purpose. I'm Heather. I'm Jenny. I'm Michelle. And I'm Bethany. Thanks for joining us. While the four of us were studying the Bible together, we realized that many women have the same questions that we do. Join us on this journey through the Bible. We promise lots of laughs along the way. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. This week we are covering Genesis chapters 22 through 28, and we're calling this, wow, your baby is really hairy. If you have not read, just put us on pause and go to your Bible or your Bible app and catch up. Okay, so we are in Genesis chapter 22 starting out, and what did everybody think of this chapter? And this one just pulls at me every time thinking what he had to go through of like tying his own son up and preparing to potentially kill him. I just, as a parent, I still cannot even... I wouldn't have been tested (sighs) at all. I'd have been like, sorry, man, call somebody else to do this. I hate this chapter. If you think about it, Isaac must have been at least a teenager at this point because he has to carry the wood up the mountain. Poor so I was just kind of trying to think of what age he would have been. Part of me wondered too, what did he tell Sarah? Like, did he say, like, hey, me and Buddy are going on a fishing trip this weekend? It's not yeah. a fishing trip. There's, It's in a desert. Well, wherever they were. <laughs> like, what do you, like a camping trip. <laughs> like, what do you tell your wife, though? Yeah. Like, are you just like, we're going to go camping in the desert? They said, according to the Bible, it says that they're going to worship or something. Oh, okay. So we're going on a worshiping trip. Worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bring your piano. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I found most Okay, when Isaac says, well, Dad, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the offering? And then I would have been like, "Eh, eh, 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 eh." I would have noticed. And like right away, he's just like, you know what? God's, you know, like God will provide it. What a crazy good answer. He fully trusted. I thought about that too, is all of our sacrifices do come from God. They're all Mm -hmm. gifts. So Abraham knows that this sacrifice whatever it is whether it's his son or whatever is a gift from god and i was just thinking like we sometimes have a hard time sacrificing things like our time and our money you have but never our time had to sacrifice money, like a child of well, no but i'm just saying like he knows that all sacrifices do come from god and so his trust in god is yeah. so huge the thing i always think about with this chapter is like our our children yes they're ours but they're actually his first it's our job to raise them to be good people and raise them in in his image but at the end of the day, our children are his. They're not wholly ours. You know, they, they are a blessing. And I think that Abraham was probably like, well, you know, God gave me Isaac as a as a blessing. He blessed me with him. So if he's requiring me to give him back, that is what I am supposed to do. And his faith was so strong to yeah. do that. I think what was, it's kind of neat. A couple of times God mentions to him, your son, your only son. And it reminds me of like when... Jesus is getting Mm -hmm. sacrificed Mm -hmm. and they're like, you're one and only son. So it's such a parallel to me to think how Abraham was basically doing the same thing that God had to do of his one and only son. You know, it's just the wording is really a good picture of the future. And it's even a foreshadowing of Isaac carrying the wood up his mountain, of Jesus carrying his His wooden cross up the mountain. Yeah, it's like almost a parallel. Ooh, I never thought about that. Every time I read your one, God would tell Abraham, you're going to sacrifice your son, your one and only son. It just kept me, me making me think about how that was the wording they used when they were sacrificing mm-hmm. Jesus, his just one and only son. I think, like, what was it like when they decided to, like, turn around and come back or they went off to 
Beersheba, but what was Isaac thinking? Yes. Like, I yo, dad, like, you were just going to kill me. Yes. And every time yeah. his dad's like, hey, Isaac, let's go out and make sacrifice. <laughs> like, let's, let's go worship. Let's go. <laughs> like, that didn't go well last time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Poor buddy. He, he like, needs some major therapy after that. Like, I worry that I'm messing up my kids. <laughs> Like, this is all like he of was it. like I'm just picturing this little <laughs> yeah. boy like tied up and like right. his dad's gonna just like he's got the knife over him. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that too. After that, was Isaac fearful or upset by what his dad was would ever would go to do next anytime he wanted to do something with them? I mean, could you imagine like all right, let's go, like you said, let's go and do this and wait, are you gonna kill me this time? Right. I'm not calling for that <laughs> yeah. trick again. Yeah. Okay, so we are moving on to chapter twenty-three. And this one is kind of a sad chapter, too, where Sarah ends up dying. Well, I mean, she is 127. I just think about everything at this point that Abraham and Sarah have been through together. And it says in there that Abraham weeps for her. And it's like, obviously, she's probably his best friend. Like, she's been through it all with this guy. About the respect that the Hittites, is mm-hmm. that how you say? Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat that even though they didn't know of him so much, they just knew of who he was and his faith that they wanted to happily give him a place to bury her. And he obviously said, no, you know, I'm going to pay the 400 silver shekels or whatever it was to buy the cave and the land. But they were so willing to him out in that scenario of grieving her death. And that speaks highly, I think, of Abraham and just the kind of man that he is, that even as a foreigner, people respected him. Well, they called him a mighty prince. All right, but then things start to get happier in chapter 24, as we see that Abraham sends a servant to find a wife for Isaac. Okay, my favorite part is... (laughs) I think I know what you're going to say. No, I love that before he even goes, it's the servant. It's not like he... I don't know if servants still like... A lot of these characters have these big parts of how God uses them. And here's the servant. And before he even goes, he just prays. Praise, praise, praise Mm -hmm. to God that whatever happens... It's going to be in God's plan, and he hopes he finds the right way. And I just love that there's so much determination to find the right thing because it's almost like he wants to honor God, too. So I thought that was really cool. And I think it says somewhere I read that a, that Isaac at this point is probably around 40 years old. So he's still a bachelor, and Abraham <laughs> is kind of like, okay, yeah, God promised that I'm going to have all these descendants. You need to start making some grandchildren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so if you're not going to go and find a wife, we're going to find a wife for you. For you. Can you imagine I... your parents, like, finding your spouse for you? But it seems to work out really great, actually. Out comes beautiful woman named Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And we have this whole thing with the camels and how the servant knows that if she gives water to both the servant and the camels, she must be a very respected mm-hmm. woman. And giving water to camels, this isn't like she's just filling a jar. No, like, like think how much water she it's had like to go. It's like a full trough. Yeah. It's yes. not like they had hoses back there where you just turn the thing <laughs> right. on. And just That's a lot of bucket in. filling. Well, I have yes. a little side note in my Bible. <laughs> it's The question is, how much water can 10 camels drink? 10 thirsty camels can drink almost 250 gallons. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. So this is a hard-working woman. Yeah. So not only is she she's beautiful, buff. she's she is buff. buff. Yeah. <laughs> she's a hard worker. And I wonder if that is what indicates. But she does what the servant had prayed for. And her brother, is it Laban? Laban? Laban. 
Okay. He hears the whole story about the servant's prayer, and the pr- and it kind of is repetitive here, but the servant yeah. explains. She must be really beautiful if she's, like, getting lots of water, and she's sweaty and stinks a little, hair's a little matted with the <laughs> sweat. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's, she's hilarious. still, like, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's really beautiful right there. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to be a good wife. And I love in this story how her family and the servant ask Rebecca if she wants to go back and become Isaac's wife instead of just demanding. I feel like there Mm -hmm. is so much respect for her to allow her to have this decision. And then not only is she beautiful and a hard worker, but she's obviously courageous because she, without doubt, just says, yep, I'm going to go with you. And she goes back. And then what I love is Rebecca and Isaac see each other and they like instantly fall in love. It's love at first sight. It's a happy I mean, ending. it says they got married right away. Is that, you know, is there much time gap there? Or do you think they were like, looked at each other? Yep, let's and do wait this. In the tent. So technically there wasn't a wedding ceremony, so we're wondering what makes this marriage legal. My little side note in my Bible says, the agreement between the two families is what makes a marriage legal. The financial arrangements were specified beforehand. The actual ceremony consists of the bride's move from her father's house to the bridegroom's residence. Mm. And then they typically have a bridal week of celebration afterwards. Ooh. Yeah. And the wedding happened right after Sarah had died. So it was almost, they mentioned that after she became his wife and he loved her, then he was comforted by his mother's death. It was almost one of those things that helped him grieve through the process, knowing his family line is going to continue on. Speaking of getting married and more wives, now we're on to 25, where Abraham takes another wife, even though he's very old. So he's well over 100 <laughs> years old here, and he's still making babies with his new wife. New wife. They have six, like six more kids. Yes. Keturah, is that her name? Makes yeah. some babies, then he dies. Right. So then he dies at the age of 175. And what stuck out to me in this chapter is that Ishmael actually comes back to help marry his father. And so it makes me wonder if Abraham somehow maintained a relationship with Ishmael during that time, because obviously he cares about that son still, that he cares enough to come back and help build or bury his father. And he was buried in the field that he bought from the Hittites. In the cave. And that's the same thing that Sarah's in? Yeah. Yeah. So after their father's death, Ishmael's there, and the next one goes into the account of... Ishmael and the sons that he had, which were 12 sons, they were the 12 tribal rulers of Ishmael. And he lived to 137 years old and then died. And they lived in, it says it lives in, they all lived in hostility toward each other. So it makes me think that maybe these tribes just didn't get along and that they didn't like each other. So they kind of were all on their own page of what they did, which is kind of sad. You would think if family has 12 kids, you would want to hang out. And didn't God tell, oh gosh, what was Ishmael's mom's name? Didn't he tell her, you know, your son is going to be a wild donkey of a man. We call it. And live in hostility towards those. So it seems as though that kind of passing it on to his own sons. Down, yeah. <laughs> okay. In this chapter two, we find that Rebecca can't have children, so Isaac prays for her, and she becomes pregnant with twins. And the babies are fighting in her womb. And then the Lord says that it is because they will become two different nations. I just love when they're born and. The younger one comes out holding the heel of the other one. Well, and then Esau <laughs> comes out super hairy. Like, he must have been so hairy that they needed to make note the of this in the Bible. The first to come out yeah. was red yeah. and his whole body was like a hairy garment. 
that. So he was think, the first born. You think they had to like brush it every day? <laughs> so did it become matted or anything? Where <laughs> 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 we get the hairy baby. So. Esau becomes Isaac's favorite, and he hunts and does all the like father son things, and then Jacob stays at home and kind of becomes Her Rebecca's mama's boy. Which is kind of sad that you have these two parents choosing their favorites. But basically, one day Esau comes in, he's super hungry, and Jacob has made soup. And the story mm-hmm. is so funny to me that Esau is so hungry, he sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. Must have been good soup. Very and delicious. for those that aren't familiar with birthright, basically the firstborn son inherits everything from his father. So he gave all of that up for a bowl of soup. Okay, so the birthright, when he decided to trade it in, basically, is Esau was showing disregard for the spiritual blessings that would have came his way, both in leadership and in material things. It's sad that he basically was disregarding everything that he was blessed with in order to have immediate, um, I guess, a want, gratification mm-hmm. of a want, yeah. which, you know, happens in... Our daily lives is we want something so bad and then we will sell ourselves short for something. Yeah, and give up something that might be better for us in the long run. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on to chapter 26, we find that Isaac is in a foreign land with a king we've previously met, unless it's another king named Abimelech. It's the same, my Bible notes are the same (laughs) guy. Isaac does the same thing his dad did. He He doesn't learn. No, he says that she's the sister. Yeah. But why wouldn't Abimelech be like, are you sure this is your sister and not your wife? Yeah. Just to clarify. I've been tricked (laughs) twice already. Yeah. Been down this road. He's probably like, what is wrong with his family? Yeah. Why is he trying to give me their wives? But sisters. But he says again that the men might kill him on account of Rebecca because she's beautiful. Beautiful. Same reason as the last one. But nobody Except for the last one was like, how old? We don't know how old Rebecca is here. She's already older and has kids. But basically the king realizes, oh, yeah. Not your sister. It's mm-hmm. actually your She's wife. Really your wife. He says that he'll protect anybody that touches his wife. Or him at this point. Right. But then God ends up blessing Isaac with a great crop and many riches. And so the king actually kicks him out of the land because he's so worried that Isaac's going to become powerful. Okay, so then we see in this chapter that God comes to Isaac and makes a covenant with him just like he did with Abraham. And he talks about how he's going to bless him with a lot of descendants. Yes, but... As we know, they had sent a servant for Isaac to go find a wife that was not in that community because they didn't want him to marry a Hittite. And so if you read just the end of this chapter, it says that Esau finally got married when he was 40, but he ended up marrying Judith, which was the daughter of a Hittite, and Basemeth, who was also a daughter of the Hittite. And it mentions that they were a source of Greece to Isaac and Rebekah because he married these pagan women who they didn't want Isaac marrying, but now Esau has. So just and kind of... And they're pagan women, meaning that they won't follow the ways that of God. Yeah, and it upsets the parents greatly. Okay, we're moving on to chapter 27 where we see Jacob actually steals the blessing from Esau. So at this point, Isaac is super old and his eyes aren't very good. So basically he can't see. And Rebecca overhears him talking to Esau and saying that I'm going to give you a blessing. So since Jacob is Rebecca's favorite, 
she wants him to have the blessing. So she convinces him to pretend that he is his brother to receive this blessing. And Jacob's like, well, my brother's hairy and I'm not. So I don't want this <laughs> to turn into a curse on me because I'm basically lying to my dad. So Rebecca's like, let the curse fall on me. So Rebecca prepares some food for Isaac just the way he likes it. And he is deceived by Jacob because he puts on, what is he wearing Goat here? skin. Goat skin. Yes, to re- replicate his brother's hairy. and Jacob is like you know you feel like Esau but your voice is of Jacob I can't see yeah I can't see so let's just give you the blessing and he ends up it's a trick and Esau is out hunting this whole time right it doesn't he kind of makes me mad about Rebecca here though yeah she's kind of a deceiving liar to her husband on his deathbed not only but also that's her other son yeah like I have two sons and I love them the same like that's just and would you and do you really think that goat skins felt the same as human red hair you don't know. Um, he no. falls for it. <laughs> Have you felt goat skin lately? <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. Put your Field hand trip. in the box. Feel no, like no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Just put your hand in a box. Uh, so, yeah, so Esau comes in and he's like, all right, dad, I'm ready for my blessing. And Jacob's like, uh, I already gave it to you. He's like, no, you didn't. Isaac's mad. Esau's mad. He's crying. There is no blessing for Esau. So Esau's really ticked off and Rebecca overhears him saying that he was going to kill his brother. She tells Isaac to, or not Isaac, excuse me, she tells Jacob to get out of there and come back when his brother's uh, angry has subsided so he takes off and at the end of this chapter Rebecca says to Isaac I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women if Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land from Hittite women like these my life will not be worth living so do you think that Rebecca didn't want Esau to have the blessing because she didn't want the pagan women to have the blessing as well and that's why she helped Jacob because Jacob didn't have pagan wives right and also because she was favoring her son right yeah so with them being upset with jacob for stealing the birthright and esau being upset with him they send jacob off um to go find potentially a wife because they don't want him marrying a canaanite or a Hinite woman from where they're currently living so he sends him off to see if they can find a wife and he ends up in is it bethel Bethel is what he names means house of God. And he recognizes that God is in that place. That's all the time we have for today. Join us next week, week six. We're going to be covering Genesis 29 through 36, and we're calling it Bogo Sisters. Pinkbox Purpose signing off. The greater your storm, the brighter your rainbow. Mindset is everything. Pursue your purpose.